0: I'm Ben Solak, and I host the Ringer NFL Draft Show with Danny Kelly, Danny Heifetz, and Craig Horbeck. Join us twice a week as we talk everything NFL Draft and break down all the players who will make your team better. Except the Rams, because they don't really have any picks. Check us out on the Ringer NFL Draft Show on Spotify. This episode of
1: The Town is brought to you by FX's Feud, Capote vs. the Swans. The second installment in Ryan Murphy's Feud anthology tells the story of acclaimed writer Truman Capote once a confidant to society's most elite women, whom he nicknamed the Swans. Starring Naomi Watts, Diane Lane, Chloe Sevigny, Calista Flockhart, Demi Moore, Molly Ringwald, and Tom Hollander. For your Emmy consideration, visit fxnetworks.com FYC.
0: There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that.
1: You may not know the name Jeff Shell, but if you watch anything on NBC or Peacock, films like Super Mario Brothers or the Blumhouse movies, Sunday Night Football, or if you go to the Universal theme parks, you're familiar with his domain. As of yesterday, you might also be familiar with Jeff because the CEO of NBC Universal became the latest high-profile Hollywood executive to resign in a sex scandal. Yes, another one. More than five years after the Me Too movement began with Harvey Weinstein, we've had a pretty constant parade of male executives who throw it all away due to inappropriate or abusive behavior, including many at NBCU. I'm thinking Matt Lauer, the TV executive Paul Telegde, and the company's vice chair, Ron Meyer, who Jeff Schell actually fired in 2020 when Meyer admitted he was being extorted after an affair with an actress. In Shell's case, He admitted in a statement yesterday to an inappropriate relationship with an NBC Universal employee, a lawyer for the employee here who has been identified as the CNBC journalist Hadley Gamble actually said that she was a victim and was upset that her name had been released. This is quoting the lawyer. The investigation into Mr. Shell arose from a complaint by my client of sexual harassment and sex discrimination. So definitely two different versions of what happened there. NBCU is owned by Comcast, as he said, the cable and broadband company that bought the media assets about 15 years ago. And there's been a ton of speculation about the future of those assets, whether the Roberts family who controls Comcast will try to sell or spin off NBC Universal, maybe to Warner Brothers Discovery or Paramount Global, two media companies that most observers think are too small to compete. Comcast actually looked into merging NBCU with Electronic Arts last year, the video game company. Comcast could also go after full control of Hulu, which it has a stake in now, but is controlled by Disney. A lot of options on the table, and Jeff Shell's exit seems to complicate them all. So it's a good topic for us today with Lucas Shaw, our usual Monday guest. We'll get into Shell's downfall, the impact on NBC Universal, and whether all this scandal will ultimately impact what you and I watch. From the Ringer and Puck, I'm Matt Bellamy, and this is the town. All right, we are here with Lucas Shaw. Lucas, you have a nice weekend?
2: Yeah, until uh until the news bomb went off yesterday. You know, we I were know. complaining that there they've been sort of a slow last few weeks, and then we get Jeff Shell, Disney Layoffs, Tucker Carlson, Don Lemon in 24 less than 24 hours.
1: I know. I was all excited. I had a Sunday night newsletter all done, ready to signed off, ready to go, and then noon. This press release hits my inbox, which, again, I thought was fake. It was like the Iger press release in November announcing Bob Iger was coming back to Disney, which I immediately thought was fake. I got a press release yesterday. Jeff Schell, the CEO of NBC Universal, out in a sex scandal, admitted to an inappropriate relationship with a female employee. Deja vu all over again, if you remember. It was Jeff Schell who fired Ron Meyer, who was then the company's vice chairman, when he admitted to a sex scandal, he was—he uh, said he was being extorted by an actress that he had had an affair with. So let's break this down. I mean, obviously, everyone at NBC Universal was pretty surprised by this. I mean, you know, you never know people. But I spent a lot of time with Jeff Shell. I've gone to a Dodger game with him. I've been to his house for events, for events, things like that. Did not seem like that type of guy to me. But you never know with people. And, uh, what's your, what what are you hearing from people you talk to within the NBC universal family
2: shock for sure. I mean, I, I, I like you had spent a decent amount of time with, with shell over the years, meals, events, what have you, I'm not gonna, you know, I, I was inclined to say what you said, which is that he didn't seem like that kind of guy, but you never, you never really know what these people. And exactly. And look, but but everybody was in shock, right? You know, you're texting and calling people all day yesterday and this morning and and pretty much nobody that I spoke to, you know, whether it was senior executives, mid-level executives, lower-level executives, business partners had any inkling this was coming. It seemed that most people found out about it with you know, basically over the weekend cuz he was he was still working last week and had meetings scheduled for this week and then started canceling them basically like Friday, Saturday,
1: yeah, well, and Brian Roberts, the CEO of Comcast, was personally calling his direct reports on Saturday and Sunday just to give him a heads up. Which, you know, if you work for NBC Universal and you get a call on the weekend from the cell phone of the CEO of Comcast, you got to know something bad is up. You take that call,
2: and yet they 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 managed to have it not leak until they announced it, which uh, true. which is impressive.
1: And they do own several news networks, so that is an impressive accomplishment. All right. So the thing that's crazy is that this is a company, NBC Universal, that has gone through such upheaval with the Me Too movement, everything that went on at NBC News, Matt Lauer. They had problems with their television group in LA. An executive, Paul Telegdy, left after that investigation. They, you know, were living through this this fundamental change in how personal behavior is viewed by the public, and especially within big corporations. And Jeff Schell was at the forefront of this when he was running NBC Universal and dealing with this. He had to fire Ron Meyer personally. He had to put out the statement saying this is inconsistent with our values. And it's just shocking to me that if, if you believe the reporting that has come out, he was doing this at a time where he had these skeletons in his own closet that he was hiding. And it just seemed, it's just shocking to me that someone could go about that while
2: maintaining this other life. Well, and that that the company Comcast, NBC, Universal, wh- which obviously when the you know all of the all of Matt Lauer's misbehavior came out, Ron Meyer, who you mentioned, and so on, that they had to have outside lawyers and just HR reps. Pouring over the history of their top executives, or at least you'd assume, and that this didn't come out in any way, shape, or form is is also pretty astounding. Yeah, I mean the crazy thing, which is I think where you're you're going, is like this is the one company, uh, like if you talk about it from in a in a business lens, like this is the company that sort of everybody was waiting to see, like what are they going to do, right? And what role would Jeff Shell have in it? Because it feels like Brian Roberts and Comcast are just sort of the ones waiting on the sidelines trying to figure out like what company they're going to buy or sell or... Because they, they've they got, uh, you know, a, a media empire that has been shrinking a little bit. And they have a streaming service that's sort of the also-ran. So they got to do something. Um, yeah. Do they buy something? Do they merge? And and now the person who would presumably be really advising them on all of this is out. Yeah, let's get into that.
1: Because as you said, they are potentially a Target, or an Acquirer. Uh, We don't know what the Roberts family is thinking, but this is a company with a film studio, Universal, that's doing pretty well. Your favorite movie, Mario Brothers, is Breaking Records, and they have succeeded without the legacy IP. They don't have any superheroes. They don't have very many big franchises from their 90, 100-year library, but they have done well with relationships like the Jason Blum relationship, Jordan Peele, uh, Illumination with Chris Melodondri. They, they're doing fine. Very the strong TV, in horror,
2: very strong in animation. Very strong in horror, exactly. Yeah.
1: Exactly. But and the, theme the, parks. the parks are doing great. They have the Harry Potter relationship. Um, they're now going to have the Nintendo relationship, which, which I think will be great for them. The television and streaming world, which ironically are the reasons why Comcast bought the company in the first place, are the problem areas. The cable linear bundle declining. We talk about it all the time, faster than people expected. And they've really been and also ran in streaming. We talk about Peacock. It's up to 20 million subscribers. Yay for Peacock. But that's a tenth. That's less than a tenth of Netflix. That's less than a fifth of where HBO Max or Just Max is now. They are not a real player in streaming. And that is Jeff Shell's job. I mean, he was pretty open about criticizing Peacock and thinking that they had to do something there. Some of the things on the table potentially are the Hulu issue. I mean, Disney has the option to buy out Comcast's one-third stake in Hulu next year. One of the options that potentially could be on the table would be for Disney to actually sell its two-thirds to Comcast. and That would be an expensive deal for Comcast to do. Hulu's probably worth between 25 and 30, million, $30 billion dollars right now, uh, but that's one potential thing. They are also discussed as perhaps a merger target with Warner Brothers Discovery, which ha- is tied up for the next year. but in about a year, Warner Discovery could either sell itself, could buy a company like Paramount Global or NBC Universal could merge itself with one or both of those. There's a lot of discussion about a lot of things on the table for potential deals. I don't think Comcast could do more than one of those. They probably could buy Hulu and merge with with uh, Warner Discovery, but they probably can't do both. And as you said, Shell was the strategy guy for the media company and in all those meetings discussing what they were going to do. So I'll ask you, does this impact the ultimate fate of NBC Universal?
2: I don't think it has a huge impact only because, I mean, it, it, I think it affects maybe the timeline on which they're doing things because the, the Comcast approach has been, kind of, I'd say, relatively patient or slow moving, depending on whether you want to be kind of critical or not. Um, you know, one of the reasons that Peacock is, you know, and also ran at this moment, is that they have not invested the same level of resources, really, that any of their peers have in the streaming service. They have been content to sort of play it slow because Comcast also operates, is the largest cable operator in the country and is not as interested in accelerating the decline of pay TV as right. most of these Although other broad, players they are. they do
1: benefit from broadband. They do, but they make uh, a and lot they're of... they're on pace to lose $3 billion in... Peacock streaming costs this year. So they are investing a lot more now yes. than they but they were did, but slow. they were slow. And yes, so slow.
2: I, I think from every conversation I've had with senior executives at NBC Universal, at Comcast, and at sort of people around it, Brian Roberts, the CEO of Comcast, is waiting to do a deal, but is going to wait for the right deal. And they see three or four options. They could as you pointed out, do something with Warner Brothers Discovery, they could do something with Hulu, they could w- swing s- for something way bigger. And then there was a lot of the, there, there's been some press around their talks with Electronic Arts, the video game publisher, which I think, uh, you know, it's those have died. But if you look back at some of the the conversations around that, Jeff Shell was not going to run the combined media company, which signaled to me that maybe he wasn't the person that they saw as their future. And there has been reporting in the last 24 hours, I think in the in the Wall Street Journal about how they were discussing kind of bumping him up to a Comcast corporate role. And I I just know from talking to people, if at- he took that right I mean, he had
1: he was his deal is up next year, and they had not started discussing with him. And I have been told that they were they sort of put that off, he would have liked to have started the discussion. But they put that off. So I think you're right. I think that the the writing was on the wall a little bit
2: that perhaps he was not a Comcast lifer. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely I got the sense from people at NBC Universal that there was frustration with Shell's strategy. That everybody thought that he was a very 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 smart guy, and had been right on certain things. Right, like his approach with movie windows and how, and trying to compress them and making movies available for purchase at home shortly after, like people thought- yeah, was- I mean, he
1: took advantage of the pandemic in a sort of brilliant way. I'm starting first with the Trolls movie, putting that directly on premium video on demand, shortening the windows where he just said, you know what, theaters, due to this emergency, we're gonna throw out those 45-day, 60-day windows that you guys have all kept us hostage on. And we're just, we're just gonna put them day and date on the service during the pandemic. And there wasn't much that theaters could do at the time because the entire business was in the toilet. So he really took advantage of that and it changed the entire game. Universal went first on that, the others followed. And now we are in a a situation where the, the studios can basically do whatever they want on distribution.
2: I do think that for all of his sort of foresight and intelligence in some of those areas, there was also a sense that he didn't have a vision. He was, didn't have a strategy for the larger company. And look, maybe he was held back a little bit by Comcast incentives. But when you look again at Peacock, like their streaming service did not compete. And it's only now that it's starting to pick up some momentum. And I just, I just never got the sense that NBC Universal still felt very siloed. Like there were different divisions that were doing well, like you mentioned with the movie studio and theaters, but they were not all rowing in the same boat. You heard a lot of talk about conflict between different senior executives at the company, which he didn't do enough to overcome.
1: Yeah, I always use the example of why there is no Fast and Furious TV show. And the answer to that, you'd think all these companies are taking their marquee properties, developing streaming shows based on them, and luring people over to the service. That seems to be a proven way to generate subscribers, yet because of the way that NBC Universal was siloed, Donna Langley at the movie studio did not really have control over doing a Fast and Furious TV show, and the TV and streaming people didn't really have the relationships or the know-how to put that all together. So that's
2: an example where other studios have figured it out, but NBCU did not. I'm curious on Peacock, though. I mean, look, we just spent a bunch of time talking about and also ran, but you look at the usage numbers, and it's like not that far behind HBO Max. Yeah, but HBO Max has lower
1: usage just because people subscribe to it for the two shows per quarter that they watch. They they think that Max is going to fix that, but it's not that surprising. Just because you know, Peacock has a lot of the. I don't want to use kind of lowest common denominator, but they have the reality Bravo stuff. They have Hallmark. They have WWE. They have stuff that
2: burns hours. All of that just to say, Paramount Plus, Max, and Peacock. Are all in similar boats in terms of like needing to really level up in streaming, right? And so those are also, by the way, in Paramount, Warner Brothers Discovery, and NBC Universal, the three companies that are seen as sort of in play in one way or another in needing to do something. And the the big question for for several months now has been who's going to be the person to try to you know push it all together? Is it going to be Zaslav? Is it going to be Brian Roberts? Is it going to be Sherry Redstone? Um, and I do think that. NBC Universal now being in a you know a little bit of crisis makes them have to have some very serious uh, conversations about it because they've put Mike Cavanaugh the president of the company in in charge of this he doesn't have any experience in it for now all of Jeff Shell's direct reports are going to report into him and it's not clear to me if that's like the long-term status quo or they just do that over the next 6 to 9 months until they figure out what their big move is
1: I don't think they know I mean this all happens so quickly that I think Kavanaugh is their placeholder guy who could potentially be longer. They obviously like him and trust him. But if this looks like they're headed for a transformative deal of some sort, you know, if they merge with Warner Brothers Discovery, Zasloff is going to be the CEO of that combined unit. Right. So they won't even need a CEO. I think that's what they're thinking. Like, why jump into going out and hiring somebody? You know, people have pointed to Peter Rice, the former Disney executive, or someone like, you know, Dana Walden, who is currently at Disney to come in and be the head of this company. Um, They may not need it because they know that a big transaction is coming
2: and pretty soon. No, what they're going to do is they're going to bring Jason Kylar back. And they're, <laughs> they're going to merge Warner Brothers Discovery with NBC Universal, put Jason back in charge, and then everybody will lose their minds.
1: Everybody will lose their mind. It'll be Hulu 2011 all over again. He'll start putting out missives on Facebook about his strategy and immediately start
2: clashing with the board. When you see something like this happens, and I realize I'm, I'm asking you to venture into the realm of speculation, which I would never want you to make me do. I would never, ever do that. Does part of you think that they were just sort of looking for a reason to get rid of the person? You know,
1: that has been floated around town, given the shakiness that Shell had experienced there. I don't believe so. Comcast is an incredibly conservative company. Frankly, I'm shocked that they have stuck around in the media business this long, given all the headaches that are associated with it, with NBC News and, you know, film and television assets. There's some drama or scandal every other month. I don't think you self-inflict a scandal like this. This is destabilizing. Although we did see the stock didn't move that much today. Stock was only down like 25 cents the last time I looked. Well, because
2: Comcast stock does not trade based on NBC Universal, Like Super Super Mario Brothers, you know, biggest hit of the year so far. That doesn't really matter to Comcast investors. They're wor- they're focused on on the on the internet business, on the broadband business, on whatever they might do in phone, international expansion, all of that. The media business, if anything, sort of weighs on the Comcast stock.
1: It's so bizarre too, because these are amazing media assets. I mean, the Universal Film Studio alone is a franchise or you know content engine that could
2: be very really
1: valuable, and the company doesn't
2: trade on at all yeah
1: the tv studio
2: produces hits for its own services yeah. and elsewhere you know the, the it's the only company other than disney that has a real theme parks business and it's doing great like some people I've, i'm not a florida
1: person but some people say those parks are better than the disney parks and you know that's the argument there for some kind of transaction that separates the media assets from the comcast business because maybe then it wouldn't be weighed down So do you think that Shell being out means that Comcast is more or less
2: likely to want to acquire all of Hulu? I mean, maybe ever so slightly less. Shell I, wanted it. He wanted one of these other big streaming services to play with and elevate Peacock. Yeah, because he knew Peacock is the punching bag. But at the same time, Jeff Shell doesn't didn't get to make those decisions, doesn't get to make those decisions. That's a that's a Brian Roberts future of Comcast decision. Brian Roberts historically has built that company through acquisition, right? Like Comcast is as big as it is today because they kept buying things. They bought Sky, this European pay TV provider, and internet provider a few years ago. Uh, I think most people in the company feel like it was a good asset to buy, but maybe not at that the right price. They overpaid for it. And so the, the question is, to what you were saying earlier about their exposure in media, is do they want to get in deeper in media and entertainment? And if so, how do they go about it? Hulu would be a very easy way to do it, but all, I mean, not that easy because it's expensive, but like, you know what you're getting, that all that's really doing is elevating Peacock. You know, you'd combine those two in the US and suddenly you'd have a service with 45 million subscribers instead of 20. I don't know if that's worth $25 billion to Brian and, Roberts. And only in the U.S. Yeah, only well, in the neither U.S. Neither of those brands is global. But the other thing that has sort of come up in a lot of these conversations is it seems that Brian Roberts and Comcast don't want to totally get out of media. They are willing to sort of spin out NBC Universal, but they want to have control over whatever is spun out. And they'll put, they'll let someone else run the company day-to-day, right? Like, if they combined with Warner Brothers Discovery, to your point, they might let David Zaslav run the company. But Brian Roberts wants to have Comcast have a majority of the shares. Well, and that's what
1: Warner Discovery has right now with AT&T. The AT&T shareholders own the most of Warner Brothers Discovery based on that transaction. But day-to-day and the management and the future is governed by Zaslav and his team. Yep. Um, So you think that that would somehow... Be the combined entity would be a similar arrangement with Comcast being a majority owner and the Zaslav team
2: running it. Look, something like that could work. I'm not saying exactly mm-hmm. what's going to happen. I know that the people at NBC Universal know exactly when that Warner Brothers Discovery d- the date is where Warner Brothers Discovery becomes more available for for deals. I we know that there was at least some informal conversation at one point between Brian Roberts and Sherry Redstone. I think one of the issues there is again you have two families. Control different assets like who's going to agree to give up control? Neither one of them wants to do that. The Warner Brothers Discovery is a little cleaner because, to your point, uh, you know, ATT has a bunch of shares but it's not really invested in it anymore. John Malone, who was uh who, who has loomed large over Discovery, does not have a controlling interest. Yeah, it's not a family company. Yeah, Sherry Redstone's family built up Viacom
1: now Paramount Global and she would have to decide to give up control. It's like you know, succession playing out. Like, is this the deal you want to make to get rid of the company? So, big picture here: How does the CEO of NBC Universal, Jeff Shell, leaving the company impact the shows, movies, news,
2: sports that you and I watch? I mean, not as much as this imminent writer's strike or the cost <laughs> or the cost cutting that happened at this company in the last twelve months. I mean, that was the other yeah. thing: is this this company sort of stealthily took out a billion dollars in cost? And other than a couple of stories, it didn't get nearly as much coverage because the the cuts were smaller and rolled out. And, you know, there still is no final decision on whether they're getting rid of entertainment programming at 10 p.m. every day on NBC. But I don't think it has a huge impact relative to those other things or to whatever strategic decision they make down the line.
1: Well, these things are dominoes.
2: And if this first domino
1: leads to a series of dominoes that ends with the company being merged we will definitely see an impact on the volume and the different kinds of shows and movies that are coming out of the company. Because typically when companies merge, the volume goes down.
2: Do you think that there is anyone at NBC Universal right now where people would just sort of accept it if they were put interim in that job instead of Mike Kavanaugh?
1: I'm just going to say this because this is a company that has been so scandal plagued. But I think putting a Woman in charge of the company would mean a lot. I mean, how many men do you have to go through who end up resigning <laughs> in
2: scandal to say, you know what, let's let's try a, a female CEO? Here. Well, and they have most of their top programming executives are women, right? Donna Langley runs the movie studio. Perlina Bakwe runs the TV studio. Susan Rovner is the head of programming for across a lot of entertainment. Kelly Campbell runs Peacock. There's Frances Berwick atro- across a lot of the cable networks. You know, it's basically marketing.
1: And there are women executives across the industry who have had long careers at NBC Universal, but have left, like Bella Bajaria at Netflix, who's now the chief content officer, or Jennifer Salke, who is now the head of Amazon Studios. There's a lot of women that have come through that company and are currently there, but have not had the chance for the big job. Yeah, and now have much bigger jobs elsewhere, to your point. Exactly, so we'll see. All right, it's gonna be fascinating to see how this plays out. Thank you, Lucas. Thanks, Matt. We are back with the call sheet. Craig, are you sad that Tucker Carlson is leaving Fox News?
0: It certainly feels like the end of an era.
1: (laughs) Do you know who Tucker Carlson is? I do
0: know who Tucker Carlson is, yes. Admit it. You have never watched any
1: portion of Tucker Carlson content.
0: That's incorrect. It's it's all over Twitter. I mean, whenever he says something outrageous, I always see it in small bites. That's true. I know. And that's why
1: people care about these cable news hosts in much larger numbers than their ratings would indicate. Now, Tucker Carlson is the highest rated show on Fox, and he reaches millions of people a night, but there's so much media coverage of these cable news people because they influence social media, political campaigns. They go beyond their television reach. And that's why Don Lemon as well. Don Lemon was uh, apparently fired through his agent, the head of CNN, did not even have the decency to call Don Lemon and fire him personally, according to Don Lemon. He called his agent, which is cold. So what's the prediction around this exodus? So my prediction has to do with Carlson. It appears that Tucker Carlson was fired, did not leave on his own, according to the New York Times this morning. But I think a lot more is still to come out about this whole Tucker Fox relationship. But my prediction is, Tucker Carlson will land at one of the Fox alternative networks, whether it's OAN or Newsmax, and I think he will do so by getting a financial stake in the company. So Tucker Carlson is not going away. He is you know, moving to Florida, and he will likely go full Rush Limbaugh and do his show from Florida on one of those alternative networks.
0: Is this going to hurt Fox or, or Tucker Carlson more? Whose kind of like career suffers more from this move? Fox has shown
1: resilience when top rated hosts have left in the past. I'm thinking Bill O'Reilly and going back to Glenn Beck and Megan Kelly and people like that who have left the network and everyone's like, oh, Fox is doomed. No one's they have found the ability to make stars on that network. They're doing it right now in late night with the Gutfeld show. You probably don't know who Greg Gutfeld is, but he is a conservative. He calls himself a libertarian comedian. And they put him on opposite the late night shows and he's beating people like Colbert, Fallon, Kimmel with that Fox News audience. So um, they will find someone for that slot. They will, I think, ultimately be fine. And honestly, I think that Carlson loses long term here. He had an amazing deal. He was being paid, you know, tens of millions of dollars a year on fox and uh we'll see if one of these other networks can if his audience will transfer over um and if he can make the same amount of money there um i don't know about don lemon where do you think don lemon goes after this
0: you're asking the wrong guy
1: (laughs) i don't know he you know he's a very good broadcaster um i think i once once cnn decided to drop the sort of political anti-Trump bent that had been the hallmark of the Trump years, I think Don Lemon's days were numbered there because that was his brand during the Trump years. He was the guy who would come on at 10 p.m. and call out the lies and everything. And, and that was sort of what he did under Jeff Zucker, the pre- previous head. They put him on the morning show. The ratings weren't very good. And then he had these women who said he was insensitive and then all of a sudden fired. He'll He'll land somewhere. Um, I'm not sure though. I think he needs to take a little break for a while.
0: Yeah, it's funny. I get most of my, I I probably watch more cable news than I have before because of TikTok. It's something I would never seek out on my own, but because of the for you page algorithm, it actually just gets sent to me, um, through my algorithm. And, And I actually watch more Fox or CNN or MSNBC than I ever would because it's just showing up in front of me.
1: Isn't it just, though, like, clips of Tucker Carlson and then, like, somebody dancing next to it and, like, making fun of him?
0: Not, There's usually not a lot of, like, you know, twerking content mixed with Tucker Carlson content. But something,
1: no. Maybe, maybe that could be your Maybe Vinic. that could be you. Maybe that could be your sure, thing. Sure, yeah,
0: that'll be, that'll be my thing. <laughs> Look <laughs> out for that.
1: Exactly. All right, that's the show. I want to thank my guest, Lucas Shaw. I want to thank producer Craig Horlbeck. I want to thank Jesse Lopez for editing. And I want to thank you. We will see you later this week.